Matt Report, Season 2, Episode 8. <laughs> I always forget the episode number. It's not on the top. Is it on the top of my document? It is on the top of my document. Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't uh, joined uh, in the Matt Report in some time, we're doing video today. Surprise, surprise. It's been so long since uh, we've done video. Uh, so happy to kind of bring that back. We actually kind of brought back all the stuff I used to do uh, pre-show, Getting everything prepared is quite different than just recording a typical audio po podcast. Anyway, it's mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. It's where you can find uh, all the great information and updates to the show. Search us on iTunes. Still looking for 100 reviews to be the top-rated uh, WordPress show in the iTunes directory. And if this is your first time, in fact, uh, listening to the show, what is the show all about? Well, uh, this is a show all about WordPress, right? But WordPress for entrepreneurs, WordPress for business builders, uh, and WordPress for developers and designers, right? We don't go, we don't dive deep into the technical, um, you know, the te technical uh, pitfalls that might be out there, but it's very much about how you run your business using WordPress, whether you're the end user or somebody running a WordPress business, selling WordPress services or selling products uh, like Devin and I do. And today's topic uh, is going to be the 12 ways to support your WordPress customer, right? And this could kind of go both ways, either services or products, but it's primarily for products. So if you're selling themes, you're selling plugins, uh, this today's show is going to be for you. We've got 12 uh, different ways. We're going to explore these 12 different ways. What works best for us, uh, what we're doing, what we're, <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing uh, that we know we're not doing very well. Um, I've got some specific yeah. points on that. Um, but before we dive into that topic, sort of the story arc for season two and the reason why Devin has joined us uh, is to talk about our businesses, right, in a more sort of intimate way um, and product launches. Uh, so I will start uh, with the first quick business update from my end. The product that's part of this season story arc for me anyway is Julep. And how much have I got done of Julep since our last episode? Zero. <laughs> uh, absolutely squat. Uh, it has taken a backseat uh, in light of uh, a very, uh, very, very time-consuming client pipeline uh, that we have on our services business. Um, but all of that said, uh, our meat and potatoes uh, of product revenue, our theme business, and our conductor business um, is very, very uh, busy. So in my updates today, we are about to launch Baton Pro, uh, which is a new theme. And uh, we're preparing the pro version. We're preparing the free version getting the free version ready for WordPress.org submission. Uh, and very interestingly enough, which is not in my show notes, but WordPress.org themes, and Devin, since our last uh, discussion, our last episode about theme business, right? And mm -hmm. the whole like, you know, top 20 themes and, and automated downloads and all that fun stuff. The theme directory has now switched to active theme installs, which really threw a monkey wrench uh, in my point of view into uh, the grand scheme of things because now we're seeing very old legacy themes sort of rising way back up into the rankings, um, which haven't been there in some time because they just sort of fell off. They got a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. But now because there's so many active installs from those uh, legacy themes, they have now shot right back up to the top of the rankings and responsive theme being one of them. Interesting. Um, so, you know, nobody's really talking about this. Nobody wants to. Maybe it's not interest, as interesting as it is to me, but I'm very curious on how that is going to shift the dynamics of upsell and the conversion rates and uh, maybe 
businesses that were doing really well because they were ranking high with the amount of downloads, which now have sort of flipped the script on them. Um, to, to you know now maybe just bringing businesses back to life that you know weren't you know weren't seeing any upsells because they just weren't really on the top lists and now they now they have that chance to be on the top list again so kind of interested to see where that goes um but anyway yeah, that's when did that uh, change happen you know man i saw it yesterday and mm -hmm. uh i had a busy weekend like just doing yard work <laughs> so usually i'm like i check the theme re repo every single day and i sort of uh didn't do it for a couple days and yesterday I saw it and I was like, whoa, I didn't even tweet it out because, you know, I don't want to be that guy always harping on the subject, but um, I just noticed it yesterday. So to okay. answer your question, then. yeah, I don't know the exact day, but definitely since like at least Thursday of last week, right? Gotcha. So in the last few days, that's when that happened, um, which, hey, to me, uh, somebody who tracks this stuff, uh, I think it's going to be a big deal, um, you know, because now it's like you actually get to see um the active installs right versus the downloads yeah. which well, we saw when uh, the plugin directory switched over it was a big deal you know and we track it every day like you said and it's a lot more uh you know interesting than uh, just downloads yeah yeah and yeah i mean and, and it's definitely you know even with theme like i, I actually thought that usage would be uh, a little bit better, like the percentage of usage uh, or adoption would be better from like the, you know, what, what the average plugin adoption is. So maybe 10%, eight to 10% of people who actually downloaded it are actually active. Right. Um, you know, so if we look at like responsive theme, that's like a million plus downloads and it's only active according to wordpress.org stats for 70,000 plus, Interesting. right? I'm, I'm sure you're seeing would, a lot less active themes because, you know, one theme, one site, whereas you can have up to, you know, 50, true. 60 plugins that's on true. a site. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I wasn't thinking of it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely uh, interesting to, to, to see these numbers come through. Um, you know, in terms of what I'm doing for the, for the Baton Pro launch and just like how that's I'm a good name, by the way. Thanks. Sort of plays with the whole like conductor symphony yeah. note baton um it just kind of happened i it really <laughs> never it meant it to, yeah um but one of the interesting things so what we're doing with the free version is once we get it out there is we're actually baking in like a little piece of conductor in the customizer so uh you can kind of conduct your homepage content to an extent um with conductor so we're kind of baking that into the theme We'll see if WordPress approves it. They should because we're only manipulating the display of content. We're not uh, adding content. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's how we're sort of kind of making that transition of uh, from baton to using conductor. Uh, don't know if it's going to work. It's how we're doing it. Uh, that's how I'm going to do it. And we'll see if that really works as an upsell piece uh, to the plugin. So I think it's a good idea. You know, give yeah. me a little taste of what it can really do. Yeah, and, and you know, in terms of marketing, what what I've done is I, I gave an early release to Bob, uh, Bob from Bob WP, BobWP.com. Uh, he's already running it on his site, uh, and I mean, he loved it. Uh, short of some, you know, of the general sort of figuring out how our themes work versus another theme, um, you know, he didn't have any problems, and he's going to do a review on that on his site about his experience. So I'm excited for that. So nice. um, that's my little marketing tip of the day. If you have a product, you can kind of uh, get it to somebody who is hate to use the word influencer. Uh, not that he's not, but you know that term is sort of overused. But get it out to an influencer, see if they can use it, and um, 
you know, it's a great way to get some exposure. I already have some people signing a pre-release, uh, signing up to a pre-release list. So that's kind of exciting. All right, man, take it away. What are you working on? What do you got going on in the pipe? Um, yeah, so, you know, kind of bring the listeners up to date and or the viewers on this episode. Um, really been putting everything forward on recurring donations. You know, we, we've kind of had a team meeting um, a couple of weeks ago and we assessed, you know, what some of our roadblocks were with that project, some of the complexities and what we could get to, to get past that and to get this thing through the door. And so we've been kind of all hands on deck. I've been working day and night with uh, this team in India, which is really uh, has some really good um, development out of them recently, um, which makes me really happy. And we're really close to actually coming to a beta release on that. And we're hoping um, by the time next week rolls around when we get to Philadelphia, we'll have that beta ready for some of our give users at WordCamp US. That's awesome. So, you know, while that has taken front and center, our other, you know, stuff in progress like Facebook reviews, uh, which is going to be a widget and shortcut allows you to, you know, show your Facebook reviews on your WordPress website is pretty much done. It just doesn't have some of the documentation and support material that we need. And we'll talk about in this episode that's really critical for your, your plugins and themes. That stuff's not done. The code is done. But, you know, it's just not a priority right now. This is our priority, and we're really laser-focused on that. So yeah. while it is, uh, you know, Thanksgiving this week, I, you know, I'm trying to get as much work done as possible and, uh, and kind of I had a, an awakening, let's say, on, on the priority of this project as opposed to some of the other stuff we had going on previously and we talked about in some of the last episodes. What was the, if you don't mind me diving a little bit deeper on that, what was the awakening that made you say, let's put this first and foremost? Um, well, we kind of have these uh, team meetings every five, six weeks with a, a mentor that we have. And, um, you know, the last couple of meetings, he noticed that this was a huge priority and it's not getting done, right? And it's really, we're in the biggest giving season in you know, the year cycle right now, November, December. And if we don't have a critical add-on like recurring, we get asked about it two, three times a day, it's starting to negatively reflect our product. And not only are we missing out on the revenue on it, but it's, you know, it's counting against us. People are discrediting us because we've said we'd have it by now. We don't. So, you know, it's time to get it done, really. It, yeah. it was a kick in the butt. Yeah. Do you actually have... Uh, users or customers or even pre-sales customers sort of knocking on the door saying, well, where is it? Like, uh, you know, you said you were going to have it and it's not here yet. Or is that something Absolutely. that's just sort of, okay, you do. So you do have people saying oh, you said you were going to have tweets, it. We get Facebook messages, we get emails. We Nobody has knocked on the door yet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming soon. Yeah. Don't give out your address. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or your phone number, right? Because I've had we we actually have people call us about our themes. Like, I've had some ask, people call too. It's kind of yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? How did you? How did you prioritize that? So when the team sat down, like, was that you were just like, the, you know, uh, we're gonna push everything off the shelf and just place this up here? Like, what did that process look like? Just yeah. Was, I mean, it was kind of the our mentor who was helping us um, and give us advice really kind of brought that forefront into the, you know, 
the light that we <laughs> kind of weren't seeing. And, you know, we, we knew it was a priority, but not at the level that, you know, he brought to our attention. And then it just kind of made sense. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, really, uh, you're missing the bus on this and, and it's not good. You need to get it done and no excuses now. Because right. we've been giving excuses for too long. Yeah. So um, that was kind of, you know, it's really easy to, you know, just develop as you can. And, you know, we're working on other things like form field manager. And I was talking about all these other plugins we're working on in our past episodes when really it should have only been on recurring donations, which is going to be the main uh, tentpole of our, of our company once it's done. You know, and I'm just going to attribute this to, this is like the entrepreneur life, right? It's like, we've got this great idea. This stuff is already in motion over here, sort of, right? It's, it's got a business going. And yeah. now let's go build this because we're trying to like sort of broaden that umbrella of offerings, right? So we start Absolutely. to chase And then that. there's also the maintaining, which you're going to get into now is the supporting and making sure that what we have in place is, is you know, easy to understand. And the people who have problems have, a, have an avenue for support. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive into that uh, perfect yeah. Perfect segue. Man, you're getting good at this podcasting stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm learning from the best, right? <laughs> you are getting really, really good. Um, we're going to talk today about 12 ways to support your WordPress customers, uh, product customers. And we have 12 here. We might add a few as we go, or maybe we'll combine as we go. We kind of just shot this uh, list together uh, on the fly. But number one is documentation. Absolutely, and number one. We what I hope to do with this list is not just give like, you have to write documentation next. Uh, what I want to do is kind of explore these really quick, uh, individually, what they mean to you. Uh, number one for me, documentation is something that sorely gets undervalued as part of the development process. And especially with the theme business, not both. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even weigh them differently. I think they're ultra important in both themes and plugins. Um, but for example, like building a theme demo, like for our latest theme, it's freaking hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's like, it's not just jump drop in like dummy text, like we've done in the past. Like I'm trying to make this a little bit better. Um, so it's very hard, but number two, it's, it's like documentation is not just about support. It's also about marketing too, right? Because if you don't have good documentation, which I've learned with Conductor is it does all the stuff that people are asking. We just haven't had the time to document all of it. Yep. And in an open source world, what I've found as I try to market Conductor uh, to folks and note to other developers is it's like I had a conversation yesterday with somebody who's sort of building what Note does. And they were like, gee, I wish I knew it did all this before I, before I did all this work on my end. And just like, damn, if I just had it, documented in note, I could have saved this person boatloads of time and they'd be using our product. Um, so open source, the open source product world is very uh, interesting like that. Whereas it's like, you're trying to attract end user customers, but you're also trying to attract developers so that they can use it and you can distribute a little bit more funny world, but documentation first and foremost, best way to support your customer for pre-sales sales support and longevity of the product of the product um what are your thoughts on documentation absolutely i mean not only will it reduce your overall support time if you have that documentation in place it's going to make your team more efficient you know and if you're using tools that we'll talk about uh 
coming up like help scout which have kind of like a fast documentation built in that you can use in your canned replies it's going to really speed up your team you're going to get through a lot more tickets faster and then also the use of video within documentation can really be a great visual addition to a lot of people who don't really want to uh, read through how something does something and, and for something like conductor or a drag-and-drop theme or what have you a visual uh, tutorial is really helpful yeah for sure uh, I found that <clears throat> most client or most customers don't read our documentation <laughs> um, they just ask the question I don't know if it's the same as you for you um, but I found like a lot of recurring questions and maybe that's just a problem with our well, I know it's a problem with our site we got a new site coming um, but I found that most folks don't read it uh, or read into it anyway, where they're looking for the quick answer and then the documentation link is very supplemental to our support team to say, here's how you do that. It's already documented. Just look here. Um, yeah. do, you, do you find it the same way for your stuff or? You know, we did. We, we, we saw a lot of questions coming in that have already been answered in the documentation. So we tried to, um, you know, gate our form with questions from the documentation. Like, first of all, have you read it? And then also when they activate the plugin, there's a nice little banner that shows up with a link to the documentation, also a link oh, to that's the a support. Great idea. I like that. Kind idea. of like a welcome banner almost. Yeah. And um, I had another thing too. There's a third aspect um, that they get to. But also, yeah, just providing the documentation for those generic questions for the people that get through and, and ask you those things that have already been answered. Yeah, for sure. So the, the most obvious one, documentation, it's also the hardest uh, for product developers, business owners. Um, it's, it's time consuming and um, as you are bootstrapping the business and trying to develop and iterate and sell and market and then there's like this big gray cloud of documentation <laughs> just hanging over you, but it's so, so important. Quickly, That's Matt, how do you uh, handle your documentation? Is it a custom post type on your on your website that has a you know category attached to it or is it something through a help scout or something else like that? That's a that's a great question. So uh, we happen to build a great plugin for content display, <laughs> yeah, and, there you go. and uh, we so we make custom post types. We have a plugin that we uh, that uh, we've uh, contributed to on .org for custom. It's custom post type maker is the plugin name, and uh, we use that to create our docs. Uh, put some uh, taxonomy attached to that, and then. Uh, use conductor to display that so when you go to uh, developer docs it displays all the developer docs user guide it displays all the articles of user guides um, you know I, I so there's that that's that's the sort of the technical way of doing it right now we have uh, a few interns for this semester and they're heavily uh, entrenched in building documentation for our theme stuff um, very nice so that's how we're doing that and, and one more question. Do you see it as a big sales funnel? Because we see a lot of uh, sales go through our documentation. You know, people are first checking it out and then they'll make a purchase decision from the, the sales or from Absol the docs. Absolutely. Um, and, we, and, and we also know it's critically hurting us in sales at the same time because uh, there are like, we don't have every, every you know, we have all, most of our like hooks documented but not like examples right mm -hmm. um when i think of companies that do this really well i think of well just off the top of my head is like ninja forms they do it really well where it's well documented on how to actually use it with code snippets versus right. just saying like here's the name of it right mm -hmm. um or here's the function name that kind of thing so um one of the things so that's 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 an area that uh, we 
we are looking to improve upon for sure. Boom. Uh, because I feel like it is a great sales funnel as well. Uh, number two in the 12 ways to support your WordPress product customer are blog posts, right? Uh, and I'll actually throw in, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll just <laughs> for the sanity. This of is something you do way better than we do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually, so again, it's a time thing. Um, blog post or use case tutorials, right? So this is again, something that's pre-sales and support. You're writing and creating blog posts uh, on ways that people use your product. Um, or if you're like me with Baton Pro right now, it's a lot of sort of like behind the scenes thing. Like here's a sneak peek of how you're gonna use Baton Pro. Here's how Bob WP used it. Um, and you're able to create some videos and some content that will also teach somebody how to use it in that use case. So I'm a huge proponent, I'm a huge proponent on that. It's a huge, Again, like everything else, it's a very time-consuming thing. It's not as boring as documentation, uh, that's for sure. Um, but it's a great way to, we, I mean, I use it all the time in support, like going back to finding a blog post that I wrote on how to make a landing page for WooCommerce. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just pull up the blog post and I just send the link and here's how you do it. Um, it's actually not even an official docu uh, documentation, but it's just a blog post and we just use it as a resource. Um, and that's how, that's, the second way, right? Uh, do you, have you been doing this at all? Have you been taking a shot at it? Yeah, you know, we have uh, this section on our site called Give Stories. And um, one of the stories is a professional skier that used uh, Give to raise money to go um, to a competition. And it was kind of a, a nice, exciting story. And I personally didn't write that, but we do have more content marketing coming out. And it really helps. Like real life stories like Bob WP, like you mentioned, that's really great stuff. Yeah. Uh, telling the story, the stories are what sells. It's just, um, you know, you have to create a lot of stories. <laughs> yeah, you have exactly. to find these stories, right? <laughs> right. You have to find these stories in order for them to be useful. And will this story be useful to your potential customer? You don't know mm -hmm. um, until you start gathering that. But that's all part of the whole marketing thing. But great for support in this case. Uh, let's move on to number three. Uh, in our list of 12 seminars and webinars. This is something that I'm really starting to uh, look forward to in 2016. I was so hoping to have it rolling for, by now, but unfortunately not. Um, and for, I'd say for any sort of moderate to complex plugin, um, super valuable, I think, you know, to have sort of the traditional webinar and seminar that somebody actually has to register for not just a free google hangout here's another marketing tip i probably wouldn't do it as just a free google hangout like we're doing today because that's very just hey if you're there you're gonna watch it no big deal um you know if you register for something and it gets put on your calendar you're more apt to watch and just tells me that people care about tuning into this particular topic so trading your email address for you know maybe i might t send you a, a follow-up email that says Thanks for, you know, thanks for watching the seminar or webinar, excuse me. Um, how about, you know, 10% off or something like that, uh, sort of validates the time spent. Um, and it warms the customer up to using the product because I don't care how many blog posts you make, how many documents you write, <laughs> how many videos you record, there's always going to be that question. Um, and, Absolutely. Uh, why not have some kind of live webinar where you can answer those questions? I, I don't know if you've explored this yet, but if you have, I'd love to to hear your thoughts on it. Um, you know, I haven't. Um, I know Matt is doing some uh, live webinars with um, 
a very nice lady named Christina Hills, and she has a really great following of uh, WordPress users, uh, mostly novices and beginners. Um, that you know, they run it a business site and uh, maybe it, you know a, a couple sites at most. And and she really found she she's got hundreds of followers. So you know, and it, it has made a business around it, and so. It's very, you know, people are hungry for that type of thing is what I'm trying to say. And, and if you can fill that, fill that void um, with either a seminar or a webinar or, you know, a hangout even, that's great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, number four, help desk system, right? This is sort of one of those no-brainers. But there's a bunch of different ways to formulate a help desk system. Um, we use Freshdesk uh, as our help is it, desk system. Is that system. Fresh Books? It is not. It is not. Okay. No, um, they've been around for a while. Um, I think like sort of when Zendesk was getting all the hype uh, a few years ago, Freshdesk sort of came along. Um, and is it email based? It's email based, but it's it's ticketing, right? It's at the same time. It's ticketing. So I grew. I mean, I grew up uh, in the technology space. I grew up at a ISP, Internet Service Provider. So I was very familiar with ticketing. Uh, I mean, it was just like the age-old way of customer support. It's just traditional Zendesk type of thing. So I'm very accustomed to that. And I like the – so the, the reasons why I haven't jumped on the Help Scout bandwagon, not that it's a bandwagon. It's a great solution. Um, but it's just too simple for me, mm -hmm. right? Like I know I, what you're saying. Like as, a man, as somebody who's managing a team and a set of customers, I want to be able to go in and track a ticket and be able to – you know, snap that ticket up and say like, here's all the work we've done on this ticket. Like if I ever have to like do paper trail stuff, it just to me in my head, ticketing is so much easier. Prioritizing and all that stuff. I know you can do that in Help Scout, but it's just a different feel for me. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're using. I know there's other great things out there like uh, intercom.io where you can, uh, somebody logs into a portal and you can chat with them and, and do all that fun stuff. Um, but you, you guys use Help Scout, right? Yeah, so for Give, we, for, for both sites, we were using BB Press. Um, okay. For Word and Press, we've been using it for years, and we're still using it. We recently switched over Give to Help Scout, um, and we've seen a dramatic decrease in the time it takes to complete a ticket. You know, people really like the email-based support, and it is still a ticket feel for the users that want it. The one thing I don't like about it is all that knowledge that, you know, is, is provided is done privately. So while that can be a good thing, it's, you know, you're not gaining any, uh, you know, results in the search engines. People can't find those solutions and you, you might get a lot of repeat questions. Um, also, I, I found Help Scout is pretty powerful, but it's still the user interface is not my favorite. It's very Twitter bootstrappy. I mean, it's powerful with the workflows and stuff, but if you look at like Intercom, the pricing is totally different. I don't understand the pricing, but the interface and the power of the platform is is really intriguing. So, while I want to ditch BB Press, I don't I don't think that's good for scaling. You know, we're going to scale up here in our support as we release more product. I think Intercom could really fill that void, and we're going to test that out on the WordPress side and and you know compare that with uh, Help Scout and ultimately make a decision on one uh, once we get a feel for both of them. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like Intercom is something that's much more of a platform base. Like you, you really have to think about 
how you're going to adopt that. And I think you'd be really tied to it as time goes on. Um, cause I think it does like, you can track actions and stuff like that. Like are, you know, are these yeah. users like clicking through the documentation? So very enterprise level, which is probably why this, the pricing is difficult to understand. Um, so there's that, but the, you know, help scout fresh desk, uh, you know, two great solutions in my mind. Definitely. Uh, you sort of uh, alluded to number five, which is a forum, and you sort of transitioned away from that. You've sort of already pointed out some of the uh, the negatives from moving away from that, losing sort of that open uh, searchability of, of current problems or past problems, I should say, uh, SEO indexing, getting ranking for certain topics in a forum. Yep. Uh, I've never... Again, like I've always felt like I, I've always wanted to go the ticketing route. Uh, I think forums are a great way to do it. Like I used to like the way Pippin did it, and now uh, he switched to Help Scout as well. So uh, I don't know. I'm sort of indifferent, but uh, I mean, you've been using forums before. So I mean, sh why should somebody use that over Help Scout, do you think? Uh, mainly for, you know, you'll for get less support reasons SEO, but, you know, the main reason I didn't like it was because. A, users didn't really enjoy it. They have to remember another password. They mm. have to know how to log in. And the time it takes them to respond is a lot um, longer than uh, traditional email base where they can just reply on their phone or reply wherever they're going on the go. Yeah. It's also a, it's also another thing for you as the owner to maintain, right? I mean, it's Absolutely. not... I mean, so f many people will just forget that uh, one, there's like the whole spam thing and user registration and, and moderating that. And then it's just like the thought of updating your site or changing marketing look and feel of a site, that kind of thing, porting a site over. Like as time goes on, that's a lot of content that sits there. Yeah, it's a lot of development too. BB Press right. can do anything you want it to do and you can make it, you know, work like the perfect form, but you're going to spend a lot of time developing on it to do what you want it to do. And is that really what you want to spend your time doing? Right. I, I spent like a day tweaking our support form. And then I looked back and I was like, I wasted a whole day doing this. This isn't what I want to do. This is not, uh, it's when I try to, it's like when I try to be my own sys admin and run my own AWS instance, it's just not what I do. Pay the people that know how to do it, pay the WP engines or the help scouts out there. That that's where I came that conclusion basically yeah so so here's a great marketing tip right for those of you wondering how do i build my next product here, here's Devin and i we're both wordpress folks we're in it uh up to our chins really and we don't even want to deal with these things right so 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 if if wordpress folks like you and i don't want to do it can you imagine you know the 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 regular sort of jane user uh, wordpress person who is you know Hey, I heard I heard using BB Press for supporting my business would be great. Can you imagine what that's like for somebody who's not in this stuff? I don't, you know, it's crazy. Right. So, uh, look at really what these problems are and, and pay the people that uh, that can get it done right. Yep. Uh, and discourse is actually another. I wrote this down. BB Press and discourse, as we're you know we're talking the concepts of these ways to support discourse people. Discourse looks cool. Tools. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, I, I know WP Chat uses it. Yeah, the um, the Sage guys use it too. Yep. Um, it's a great platform. Uh, you, you know, I, I haven't really played with it. I haven't installed it, but it looks great. I like interacting with it as an end user. So that might be another, another route you can take. Um, ongoing and progressive training videos. We alluded to this. This could be in support, um, in your, excuse me, in your documentation. It could be 
sort of uh, part of that webinar series or seminar series. Built into the theme or plugin, maybe. Built into the theme or plugin, um, but keeping them going, right? And uh, we have one, the twelfth one, which sort of s is similar to this, but. I'll leave that at number 12 is still, but ongoing and progressive training videos. One of the things that I've been trying to do as I've created videos is make long videos and make short videos, uh, or at least edit out some of the sections of longer videos. So for example, like in the Baton Pro, there's, we have a, a, a theme demo out there right now on our YouTube channel, which shows you how to set up the front page, but it's not like, you know, a, it's not a very in-depth, like, here's the reasoning behind this. Um, you know, here's the, the, the method to this madness kind of thing. It doesn't dive deep into the details. It's very much grab this widget, put it here, grab the conductor widget, put it here. Um, I mean, it's 10 minutes long, but it's very much 10 minutes of moving things over and just setting up the options, moving things over, setting up the options. And then what I feel like I'm going to do is go back and break those out into, well, here's the reasoning behind it for those people that want to know, right? For the people who need to take it a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. um, and that's my advice for creating these progressive training videos as you iterate on your product and as you release new features. I think getting them done fast for the person who wants to just, how do I do that really quick uh, versus, you know, some longer drawn out thing. What's your take on creating videos? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, like you said, I think providing good captions, you know, once you do record the, um, the video, I find zooming in and, you know, adding additional captions or text to the video, whether using Camtasia or, you know, Final Cut Pro even, um, that can provide a lot of good uh, additional info within the video uh, for people who might, you know, need that type of thing. Um, and then also, like you said, keeping the videos kind of to a, a sane level, you don't want to watch an hour and a half on how to wa uh, set up a theme, you know, like you said, give them a little bite-sized chunks, like how to set up the front page in 10 minutes. That's a really good point you made. Yeah. I mean, I, and I only know that from, <clears throat> well, one, being a, a, somebody who likes to watch videos and learn how to use product that way anyway, a very visual learner. Mm -hmm. uh, but I used to, we used to do a show called Press This, which were uh, sort of, uh, plug-in and theme comparisons in the WordPress space, but then we would sort of drill down into how to use these plugins sometimes. And uh, so it was very much a talk show. My co-host and I, Dan, would uh, you know sort of riff on these things and talk about it, much like we are today. And some of the comments we'd always get is, just get to the point and show me how to use the plugin. And I was yeah. like, well, this, <laughs> this, is, this is a talk show. This is very much a talk show and not a tutorial series. So sort of pulling the concept from that. Yeah. yeah. Move on gotcha. to the next. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. It's live chat. Uh, this has been huge from us, for us. Uh, we use live chat for pre-sales and support questions all the time. I mean, I don't have anything else to say about it, but you know, we, use, you? we use Zopim, Z-O-P-I-M. Okay. Uh, um, I know there's Olark. I know there's other platforms out there that are now integrating into WordPress. Uh, I would. Yeah, you know, that's the I, one we use is uh, Olark. Yep. Uh, I like it. Help Scout. Yep. I mean, I, I like it. I. I really can't recommend it anymore. I don't think you can lose on either one. It's just the ability to spin up a chat with somebody on the fly is tremendous. It's, it's helped us in pre-sales. I mean, people, the great thing like uh, with Zopim is you can see which page they're on. So mm -hmm. as you're chatting with them, you know, we, all the time we've seen people just move from talking to us to the checkout to the purchase. And, you know, it's a great, it's a great 
That's fun. <laughs> yeah. um, number eight. And I just realized I wrote this twice. So we actually only have 11 ways to support <laughs> your WordPress <laughs> customers. Uh, is an upgrade path. Um, this is more sort of theoretical part of the business, um, making sure that you know you actually are dedicated to the product that you've released or, or are releasing is to have some kind of upgrade path uh, available. And, and you talked about this at the start of the show is you had an upgrade path to say, we are going to release a, recur a recurring donations add-on and you saw how important it was for folks. Um, so I think it's a great way to, to support your customers in a sense, right? In a real theoretical sense is sort of, we're supporting you because we are going to continue to invest in this plugin. Mm -hmm. um, I could be off my rocker thinking that way, but to me, like, I don't want to just throw something out there and, you know, guess what? We'll, we're never going to touch that again, right? Good luck with that. Like, I want yeah. people to know that we're going to continue to invest in our products. And to me, it's a great way to show support to your customers is to have that upgrade path. I would imagine you would agree unless you're sort of... Uh, I think I saw recently that, you know, 50% of the plugins on WordPress.org haven't been updated yes. in the last year or two. Yep. And, sure. you know, there's a term like set it and forget it plugins. And uh, which means like the developer kind of just released it and forgot about it, which, you know, makes me, if I'm going to start a business website, I'm going to want to know there's somebody behind it. And absolutely, if you're releasing add-ons or continually updating the core plugin, or for instance, you just are dedicated to a free plugin that speaks, you know, volumes for what you're doing or your company's doing and your contribution to the community. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're, hey, look, we've fallen victim to that as well um, in terms of uh, setting and forgetting a plugin. And uh, sort of the nature of the beast, I think that if I were to step back and look at myself, I would say, well, maybe we should go take down that plugin or request to have it removed. Um, and the plugin that comes to mind is we built an Evernote plugin for when a Evernote had an affiliate program mm -hmm. way, way, way back, like four or five years ago. Uh, we actually worked with Evernote. I remember like starting my business and like working with Evernote and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I made it, <laughs> I made it, right? I've made it. And uh, we did that and like we were joined into Evernote's Basecamp and uh, when they were using Basecamp back in the day, like the Basecamp 1 version 1 or whatever it was. Uh, and I was like, this is awesome. Like we're working with the Evernote team. God, you know, where's my yacht? Like my yacht? <laughs> which one am I going to get? Um, <laughs> And uh, then their affiliate program sort of died out and then <laughs> never use it. But it's still up on the repo, right? And every yeah. now and again, we'll get a question. But maybe I should take a step back and request to have that removed. Um, number nine, industry knowledge, uh, which I think is super undervalued. Um, this kind of goes back to uh, the previous one, upgrade path, like caring about your product. But do you have the industry knowledge for the folks that are using your product? Um, like, like you said earlier with with uh, the give plugin, you know it's the most optimal time for people to have donations. Like you care that if you are a nonprofit or somebody who relies on these donations, now's the time to have this sucker working. Yeah. Um, much like us with Conductor, we really care that content publishers have something that they can use to control the display of their content. Uh, so having that knowledge for that specific industry is very good, uh, I think, and not just hey, I did some market research. I really don't care about that market, but I'm going to attack it and sell a product in that, in that space. Hey, good job. You got your MBA, smart business move. You're probably richer than I am right now. 
but I kind of care about the product that I'm building. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I want to kind of enjoy uh, having a relationship with clients that enjoy my product. So that's the way I look at it. It's probably not the best business uh, sense tactic, but I, I care about it, industry knowledge. I mean, it'll make another a better product too. You know, if you're trying to make a real estate plugin, you don't know the first thing about you know how the MLS inter interacts with uh, you know realtors. Is you know you're gonna have to do your research, do your homework, right? Or else your product's gonna suck, and you're gonna right. have more support. Right. Absolutely. So enough said on that one. Uh, I agree, hands down. Um, number ten, automation. Again, this kind of goes to marketing, but I feel like. Sort of if you take the concept of marketing automation, I wrote about this on my blog post. Um, I forget the name of it, but I'll link it up in the show notes. <clears throat> but it's something about how we use marketing automation as like this trendy thing. So we all jump on it uh, for no particular reason or without a real goal in mind. Uh, but I think marketing automation can do two things that are great, maybe even three things. It's segmenting your audience, right? Which isn't really automation, but it's a big part of it. Um, it's segmenting your audience to get the correct uh, support. Right, so if you know that you know this pre-sales person came in, and and like in my case, I know that they're a content publisher; they're not a WordPress expert. So I put them in a particular bucket. So when I'm interacting with them, I sort of know where they're coming from to an extent. Mm -hmm. uh, versus a developer, I can sort of shoot them like line code, uh, 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 GitHub uh, gists, and say, "Look at this line number and solve it that way." That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, then there's onboarding, right? And that's like the whole automation thing where you've purchased our product. Now, how do you use it? Like, what's the next step, right? And if you're not, if you're, this is a, this could be your first plugin that you've ever bought in your life. Who knows? Um, you might not realize that you're getting an email with a download link or that you can yeah. go, in, go into my Absolutely. dashboard and download your product. So having an onboarding, an automated onboarding system, I think is, is killer. Um, yeah. Even like, uh, hey, it's Matt from, uh, right. you know, Welcome to, you know, being our client or yeah. those emails. I love getting them and, uh, you know, they're, they're just make me feel more welcome and, uh, and apt to asking for support or looking at documentation. Yeah, absolutely. I think so many, uh, developers are afraid to sort of put themselves out there. Um, yeah. you know, that they don't want to have that interaction. I think a lot of us feel like we can we can skate by in this business, making money while we sleep. I don't have to email or talk to anybody. <laughs> um, that's the dream, right? That's the dream. Uh, last but not least, number eleven. I know we said twelve, but I've sort of made a quick on the fly edit there. Number eleven is what we're calling educational shows, podcasts, and what you brought up prior to the show is blabs, right? And I sort of put this in the content marketing bucket. We hinted at it before. It's not just sort of drier, more concrete training videos or webinars, but this is something that makes you more of a media company, right? This is something that is fun, like the stories you talked about before. Uh, you know, we do conduct our office hours where it's uh, a little bit of fun, a little bit of education, a little bit of pre-sales kind of thing. Um, and you talk about blabs, so why don't you talk about your success with running a blab for your, for your company? Yeah, so Blab's really great. It you know it allows people to log in with just their Twitter. Um, you get four screens, so you can imagine it like a hangout with uh, less barrier to entry. Uh, people can just click on the screen. As a moderator, you can let them in. Uh, there's a question um, question capability in it, so you can ask a question to people who are um, running the Blab. And you know, overall, it's a just great social tool. To, you know getting out there and, and getting your face in front of your actual users 
or people that are just generally interested in your plugin. So it's a marketing thing on top of support. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a regular blab like weekly, you know, then people will, you'll gain more of a following. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, you know, organic marketing and like this content marketing video production thing. <laughs> um, you know, it's the only way I really know how to do this. And there are much smarter people out there that do Facebook ads and funnels and all this stuff. I just, you know, I want to have conversations. Like I do so much like one-on-one -on -one, uh, demonstrations of conductor that it is never going to, at this point, give me a return on investment in that time. Um, but even prior to this call, like I, I did an half hour long call with somebody showing them how he can use it in his business. Um, you know, and just demonstrating and taking it step by step. And, you know, that's it's one of those things where you're creating this content. It's a little bit more evergreen and it's fun and it's engaging. It's the only way I know how to do it. Uh, I don't know any other secret tactic <laughs> yeah. uh, to getting this stuff out there. That's our list. It's a good that's list. A pretty, that's a pretty damn good list. Yeah. I learned uh, something. I mean, I would definitely start if you if you are new to this and you're saying how what's the best way to support customers. I'll give my riff and maybe you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. But documentation first and foremost. Uh, don't let it overwhelm you. Get the good stuff out there, the real fundamental stuff out there. Um, get a help desk system in place for your own sanity. Don't just take it directly to your your Gmail inbox or however you might do it. Uh, pick something like Help Scout, Fresh Desk. Check those out. Um, and I would say that would be. Number one and number two, documentation, help desk, and then get, I would go with live chat before anything else. I would definitely get live chat up there. And I would use those as my three fundamental ways to support your customers. Everything else you can sort of iterate and improve upon as you go along. I don't know if you have it a different way. Um, you know, I'd say documentation is definitely first. And uh, live chat is definitely up there. I think it's it's really good for both the uh, pre-sale and then also the uh, the support side of it, um, as long as you're there. Right. <laughs> <Sort of live laughs> yeah. yeah, totally makes sense. <laughs> um, and then, you know, access to uh, easy access, easy being able to find it and convenient support so your users are happy. And one thing we didn't mention on support is when people are happy and you do a good job, ask them for a, a nice review of your plugin, you know, or something like that. You can really benefit from more reviews when you do hit it out of the park with these folks. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that in one of our earlier shows and it's still something that, you know what, I'm going to write it. I'm literally going to write it down right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have a workflow created in Help Scout that when somebody gives a good rating, like you're doing great, send them an email in the next 24 hours that says, Hey, thanks. Why don't you review our plugin? That's awesome. That's number 10 on our list. It's automation. There you go. <laughs> You're killing two birds with one stone. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, that's our list. One thing I want to just riff on real quick. I know we've, this is an extra long episode, but we didn't mention that I had it written down is WordPress launched WordPress.com. Whole big revamp. I'm not going to get into all the specifics, but they launched an app uh, for Mac only. Uh, have you had a chance to, to kind of play around with it yet? Uh, being a PC user, I haven't had the chance to do that yet. But I looked at it. I went on the GitHub repo and poked around the code for a little bit, read all the stuff. It's Calypso. It sounds uh, really, really neat. Um, yeah. I'm kind of scratching my set head, you know, wondering why it's just a Mac-based app. You know, what, you know, I'm sure next week we'll hear a whole lot more about it, you know, at WordCamp US. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, so real quick, yeah, I, I downloaded it. I am a, I'm a Mac and a Windows user. My home computer is a Windows computer. Look, everybody hates on Windows. Believe me, I was one of those guys. I was, I was a sysadmin for, for the longest time. Yeah. I loved Windows 7. I didn't use Windows 8, right? Was there even a Windows 8? I think there was. Oh, there was. Yeah. So I, I was a big advocate on like 64-bit Windows 7. I thought it was a great operating system. Um, Windows 10 has been rock solid so far, and I've been using that. And uh, I, I really enjoy it. I love what Microsoft is doing. But that's a whole other episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but how did you like Calypso? But I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I really think it's a it's a it's an awesome move. It really shows, uh, especially in the in the light of Drupal eight coming out. Uh, I think on the enterprise level and the API and having a framework. And I haven't seen anybody talk about this yet. I was thinking about putting it down into a blog post. I haven't seen anybody talk about it yet. But now we have WordPress on our desktops for a Mac user. And what that means is I can now begin to think about creating interfaces and applications for my clients, um, WordPress sites, right? So if they are struggling with understanding WordPress and managing the backend and the dashboard of WordPress, I can literally now build an app for people to manage their WordPress site on their desktop without worrying about the overhead of the interface of a desktop, of a regular browser interface, right? I'm loving the, the, the thoughts of the possibilities of where we can take this. Yeah, right? I mean, everything in the future is going to this uh, single page application design, you know, JavaScript on top of Node or what have you with a React uh, framework. So I'm really interested as a plugin developer, how can I get my interfaces into Calypso ASAP so we can be, you know, one of these early adopters. We're not uh, getting left uh, in, in the dust. And, you know, I think we have plenty of time and I'm sure uh, WordPress.com and Automatic will give us uh, on the WordPress.org plugin author side some of these uh, tools and documentation on how we can port over um, our, our interfaces. Because I saw a little bit of that mentioned yesterday, but not a lot of detail. Yeah. Um what I don't think it's going to excel at, which uh, I use the desk.pm app from John Saddington, formerly uh, 8-Bit, or yeah, 8-Bit. I think he's 8-Bit on Twitter now. Uh, but anyway, I use desktop.pm for my uh, drafting all my blog posts. Uh, it's a very pure writing experience, uh, whereas this, this app from WordPress is very, like, let me manage all of my WordPress sites. Here's all my Jetpack stats. Uh, the editor, which is very nice and, 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 and elegant, it's still not a pure writing experience. And the reason why I use a desk PM app is because I make it full screen. All I see is a cursor and text and I just write. And that's where that excels. Um, so for publishers uh, that are really writing long form story, I don't think you'll be drafting all your content in there. I think it'll definitely, they'll get it, get it to a point where you will, but just not right now. Yeah. Hey man, ridiculously awesome show. Very fun. And it was live, happy and I didn't get any. <laughs> yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I didn't get any questions through Twitter, but I'll check later on. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, it's slash subscribe. Search for us on iTunes. Leave an old five star review if you like it. Uh, you can find me at Matt Medeiros on Twitter, at Matt Report. We'll be at WordCamp US next week. And Devin, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at wordimpress.com. I'm on Twitter at interwebs, and uh, I will as well be there with the team next week at uh, WordCamp uh, US. Looking forward to it. We're going to have some beers together, my friend, to finally meet in person. Definitely. We should talk more about that.
<laughs> All right, man. Mm-hmm.